Imagine if you could sit down at your desk in the morning, piping hot coffee in hand, you could pop open your laptop, double click on a document on your desktop that says life plan, so you could check on what's happening this week, this month, or even this year. Well, I wanna help you create that plan. Let's spend five days together making a roadmap for your future so that you can live all the rest of your days on purpose. Yes, you can own the future that's coming your way. The five-day Own Your Future Challenge is absolutely free to join, and I've got a spot with your name on it. Don't let another week, month, year, or even decade pass you by without owning the vision for who you want to become and the impact you want to make while you're alive. This is five free days of learning from incredible world leaders, helping you to uncover who you truly are and leading you to craft a roadmap and set goals aligned with the future meant for you. This is important. Join me and other amazing global leaders and experts to help you own your future starting May 11th. You can join right now for free at jennaschallenge.com. That's jennaschallenge.com for the five-day Own Your Future Challenge. I can't wait to see you there. You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number 142. Man, I am so excited for you guys to hear this episode. It serves as an amazing reminder that you can make an impact with not just your business and your title, but with your life and your story. And I couldn't think of anyone better to talk with than Caitlin Crosby of The Giving Keys. Now, I'm going to tell you the story of The Giving Keys because in this show, Caitlin breezes through it because we want to get to the real stuff. But what is so incredible about this company that Caitlin began is the mission. And so Caitlin started The Giving Keys. It's a jewelry company that gives jobs to those affected by homelessness. And each product carries an inspiring message like fearless, hope, believe, or inspire. And the wearer of that key is encouraged to embrace their word and then pay it forward by giving their product to a person who needs the message more. Now, this product, it's been sold at Nordstrom, Starbucks, Ron Robinson, and over 1,400 other retail stores around the world. Not to mention that Caitlin's story and the mission behind the Giving Keys has been featured on The Today Show, People Magazine, ABC World News with Diane Sawyer, Refinery29, The Huffington Post, Cosmopolitan. I could go on and on and on. In 2010, Caitlin was chosen as a spokesperson for Oprah's favorite top 10 charities at her Live Your Best Life event. And as if that wasn't cool enough, she was also the recipient of Nelson Mandela's Changemakers Award and was selected as Oprah's Super Soul 100 honorees. So let's be honest. All of that says a lot about Caitlin, right? It says a lot about the business she's grown. It says a lot about her mission. But before we got on the show, I said to Caitlin, you've answered these questions a million times, your story, your business, how it's grown. But what if we got to the heart of things? What if people started to see who Caitlin Crosby really is? And thankfully, my friend accepted that invitation. And so While we breeze over some of these incredible things that I just listed, this conversation is one of the most meaningful conversations I've had on this show because it goes to show you that no amount of followers, no amount of press, no amount of features can define who you are and that story that you're living. And so today, Gold Diggers, I invite you and encourage you to listen to the beating heart behind the giving keys. And I am so excited to introduce you to my friend, Caitlin Crosby. Before we dive on into today's show... I want to read the review of the week. This review is written by Halls234. She says, Jenna has such a genuine way about her. You feel like you actually know her when you tune into this podcast. If you're not tuning into the Gold Digger podcast yet, I highly encourage you to give it a listen. You will be hooked. So thank you all for being here today. Thank you for letting us have this conversation on air. And I cannot wait to hear what you think about my sweet friend, Caitlin. You're listening to the Gold Digger Podcast, where we firmly believe that work doesn't have to feel like work. Self-made millionaire and marketing guru Jenna Kutcher will help you redefine what success looks like. It's time to hear from the experts. Listen in on honest conversations, 
and learn the best tips and tricks that helped others pave their own way and craft their dream career. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Guys, I am so excited about today's sponsor, Slack. Slack is a brilliant communication channel. We talked about it on the show before, and it is for all things business related. Sort of like an organized instant message designed specifically for work topics and quick exchanges of information within your team. Slack is the communication channel of Team Jenna Kutcher. We use it every single day, and I don't know how we ever lived without it. To learn why Slack is irreplaceable in my business, head to slack.com. That's right. Find all the magic at slack.com. Okay, guys, I am with my friend, Caitlin. It was so cute. I was telling Drew who I was interviewing and he's just like, you light up when you talk about Caitlin Crosby because I seriously do. So thank you, Caitlin, for being with me today. Thank you for having me. You're such a light. We we had tacos. Remember when we had tacos in LA? It was years ago. But you have, from the very first time I met you, you have this light about you. And I think it is so present in everything you do. So let's kick this off because this story, no matter how many times I hear it, it never gets old. And walk us through the journey of the Giving Keys and how it got started and and how it has transformed tremendously in the last few years. Sure. Well, for those of you that have heard the story of the Giving Keys, I'll kind of maybe do it fast so you won't get super bored and know (laughs) that so many other things are going to be talked about later. So, so the beginning will be, you know, the story of the giving keys, but there's so much more to this interview. Just wait. But okay. So I was born and raised in Los Angeles and I grew up acting and my dad manages actors and he manages and managed a lot of big people. And so I always grew up kind of visiting him on the weekends and he would always turn his office into his home. Like he would take really cool homes and turn them, turn certain rooms into his offices. And so when I would spend the night on the weekends, I would sleep in those rooms with all the headshots and the movie posters and, you know, always compare myself and, and, you know, I'd be 12 and, you know, wake up and put on like cover up and concealer just because I, I thought, you know, I was supposed to look like those images too. So the story of the giving keys before the giving keys started, I started this thing called love your flaws, which kind of gave me the idea to start the giving keys. So I was yeah acting and I was doing music and I was touring around touring for music and my different albums and this and that. And my first album was called flaws with a Z and I took, it's like my favorite thing I've ever done is this video that I made the gorilla style video where I went around and took thousands of pictures of uh, people holding up signs that said like my cellulite is hot. My acne is sexy. My chemo fried hair is beautiful. My cankles are the new black, etc. And took thousands of pictures of people holding those signs and at my merchandise table sold, you know, t-shirts and keychains and everything that said love your flaws on it. And then one day I was in New York with the hotel room key. I thought it was cool. Put it around my necklace, got compliments on it. I went to a locksmith, had him engraved love your flaws on the keys. And I thought, oh my gosh, I should, do you have other old keys? And so I had him engrave hope, love, faith, dream, believe, let go, fearless on the other keys. And I started making jewelry out of them, the cuticle clippers and tweezers, and then started selling them on tour. And then at the merchandise table, and then they started selling out more than my CDs. And so I was like, okay, thanks a lot for buying for buying all these key necklaces and not my CDs. And so I knew people really resonated with the words and, and then came up with this whole concept, get your word, embrace it, but then pass it on to somebody you feel needs it more than you. And tell them to pass it on. So then I was like, I should make a website. So then made a website. And then I knew I wanted the money to go to charity. And so I waited for the missing link. And then I met a homeless couple on Hollywood Boulevard. They were in their early 20s. They lived in a dumpster in a cardboard box. They took them to dinner. I wasn't thinking about giving keys at all. It wasn't like, that wasn't my motive. My motive was just like, oh, you're probably hungry and it's raining and you're soaking wet. Let's get you some food and like connect because we're humans and we all need each other. And, and then... I had my aha moment in the middle of dinner. I was like, oh, the girl said she liked making jewelry. And I was like, oh, you're the missing link to the giving keys. You guys are real business partners. And they were like, okay, who is this crazy lady? And then they said yes. And the next day, I went to the locksmith, bought the engraving equipment, went to Pet Boys, bought hammers, started paying them to engrave the keys in alleyways in bad neighborhoods. And then I started paying them to engrave the keys. And every time we would meet up, <laughs> so we were making funny. drug deals. 
Yeah. And then little by little, they started saving up enough money to get their own hotel room and they got their own apartment. So I was like, wow, this is is sustainable and really works. So now we've been able to employ over 80 people that are trying to transition out of homelessness by engraving keys and now all, all the other products we do with different inspiring messages that are meant to be worn for a season and then you pass it on, pay it forward. The end. <laughs> Oh, wow. I feel like I need to listen to that like on half speed so that I can understand. One of the coolest things, Caitlin, about what you've created, and I I actually got to see this in action when I was with you, is you showed up for dinner. We all had keys on. And at the end of dinner, I don't even know if you remember this, but at the end of dinner, you passed on your necklace and it said faith and you passed it on to our waitress and you just kind of put it in with the billfold and left her a little note and she came back out to our table and she started crying and she shared a story about her dad and and their relationship and how she believed that they could reconcile before he passed away and it was this like crazy story but it it was just it was so much more than just a necklace. It was, you know, this message of hope for her. And and it was just so cool to see you take action in that way, because I think sometimes how our ideas begin and then how they're executed can become very different things. And yeah. so what I love about the giving keys is just the fact that, you know, enjoy it and then pass it on to someone who needs it. And I think that is like the most fun part and so fun to read the stories mm-hmm. of that too. So how has it, I mean, the business has boomed since you started it. How has it changed just from where you started with just two people to now what you're doing and how big it's gotten? Yeah, it's changed a lot. I mean, at the beginning, it was, as far as me personally, I'll kind of talk about, I think maybe even emotionally how it's changed for me at the beginning, it was so fun to just be free and creative. And, and that's how I've always been. Like, I just enjoy, I don't enjoy structure. I don't enjoy like being put in a box, even when I was doing music or acting, like it was always frustrating to try to yeah fit into some like brand or a box or whatever. And I loved being able to just be creative and have the freedom to make every jewelry piece be completely different and be one of a kind and, you know, post whatever on social media and just kind of, you know, put it out there to different stores and, and go myself to different stores and try, you know, give my own, you know, the story and, and, you know, do you guys want to help us get more people off the streets? Like, and it was just very kind of like guerrilla style, everything. And now I think Mm -hmm. as it's grown while thank God it's grown because we've, been able to employ so many more people off the streets but it's like there has to be like an infrastructure and like a business and like hr and rules to kind of have it run well and to be able to scale and that's been like really hard for me as a creative feeling all this pressure to Mm -hmm. fit into this box like oh now that i'm like ceo i have to like manage people and be a boss and I don't know how to do that like should I wear more collared shirts like or should I (laughs) you know be this way or that way and and I feel like you know yeah I just that's been kind of frustrating for me and delegating and letting go of so many things that I used to do which I'm actually starting to try to take back more of like I used to do all of our social media and I, and I loved it, but it was very like, do it yourself. It was like, it maybe wasn't the best thing you've ever seen, but it was like, I liked (laughs) that if we had an event, like I just wrote it with a pencil on a piece of paper and took a picture of it. If it was, you know, you know, whatever it was, I just liked being kind of impulsive. Like I always say the things that Mm. people sometimes annoy you or frustrate you about somebody are oftentimes like the thing that, that is, you know, their special sauce that makes them think of other really cool, unique things. Like for instance, my, you know, that whole expression, people say like squirrel, like, you know, they have a focus, like, Oh, squirrel, squirrel. Like I'm like the, like that. So, but the fact that that is maybe annoying to maybe some of my employees, like, but that is also the thing that started the giving keys because when I saw the homeless couple, it was like squirrel. Like I was actually leaving church and going to acting class and had like, you know, other plans for the rest of the night. And I was like, wait, no, let's do this. 
never mind. And so it's like, I changed my mind a lot, but that me changing my mind yeah. a lot being impulsive was a thing that started the giving keys. And that is also a thing that is probably frustrating about me to work with. <laughs> I think that that's such a good point, though, too. Like, I know when I started this whole thing, like, I never saw myself as a people manager. I saw myself as, like, the visionary, the creative. Mm -hmm. And then suddenly when you have a team to support, a team to send payroll checks to, and everyone is asking you all of these questions, which they need to in order to do the job you hired them to, your days are suddenly less creative and more structured. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're not even doing the things that you started doing yeah. like, and it's this role. So let's kind of dive on into that because I think that we could talk about the giving keys all day, but I think the Caitlin that I know there is so much more than the business. So tell me briefly how you would describe Caitlin Crosby without referring to the work that you do. Ooh, that's a good question. Ooh, ooh, ooh. ooh. Okay, well, <laughs> right now you have caught me in a very interesting time because mm-hmm. I am going through a lot in my personal life and I feel like I'm in this place of struggle right now. Like I'm in a storm with family stuff. And, and so who I am right now is maybe different than my, I like, I feel like Caitlin in a stronger season or a stronger place. Cause right now I feel like I'm in a little bit of a weak place, which is why the word we just did these giving keys. I am campaign. And the, the word I chose was strong. I am strong. So I say I am on one key and the word on the other And, but I picked the word strong because that's actually, I said, it's because I feel weak right now. I feel very Mm -hmm. weak and I want to remind myself that there's strength in there, that I am strong. And I I want to, I want to be a strong person. I want to be a strong woman, but I just don't feel that way at all right now. Mm -hmm. So how I would describe myself right now would be a girl that is trying the best she can through the struggle, Mm -hmm. through the storm. I know that there's gold in my heart and in my uniqueness and my creativity, but there is also a lot of insecurities and a lot of uh, negative programming that holds me back from my fullest potential. Mm. But I am so good. Yeah. But I'm fighting through like I'm a, a girl who's a fighter to break, you know, negative patterns and kind of my natural Mm -hmm. go-to emotions would be anxiety, stress, worry, fear, weakness, insecurity. But I'm a girl that's fighting to learn how to be strong and brave. My little boy, his name is Brave. I actually named him after one of the words on on our keys. He's just one and a half and he's so cute and his name is Brave. Mm -hmm. And so yeah, I'm learning how to be brave. That's like so many words, but it was a long, long sentence. No, let's be honest. How many of us feel like that right now? Like what I think is so interesting and what I'm so thankful to have you do this with me is because, you know, Caitlin, I follow you online. Like in my head, you are killing it and you are in so many aspects of, of what we see. And I could talk about all your accolades. I could talk about being featured by Oprah and, you know, being in Nordstrom and Starbucks and all these things, Mm -hmm. but that's not who you are. That's what you've done, you know? And so kind of walk us through because the giving keys started and I would like to say it exploded. I know that overnight success is such a lie. You know, there's so many years of work. But but what were things that just shocked you about yourself as the business grew? What were things that pulled you in that you didn't expect to have happen? What were emotions or insecurities that came to light as this took off? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think the first few years, I was a lot younger. It's been almost 10 years now. We're about to have our 10-year anniversary product that we're working on launching really soon. So it's been 10 years. So the first, you know, and I'm 35 now. So being 25, 24 on tour, like I just had a lot more energy <laughs> than I did mm-hmm. now. And so I was, 
I was single. I was out every night, you know, networking, meeting new people. And I had this like drive and this hustle and like change the world mentality. And I was always like that in high school as well. And so I think all of that and my hustle, even with doing Love Your Flaws and going up to like so many people on the street, like, do you want to make a Love Your Flaws sign? Or, you know, after my show, like, can I take a picture of you? Like, I was just always in people's faces and yeah, just hustling with like vision and creativity. And I think like all of that exploded onto the giving keys and really carrying that the first few years and, and its uniqueness, I think, and its mission. And I think it, it was also timing too. It was like perfect timing when mm-hmm. Tom's had just started and there was not really any other social, you know, give back brands at the time that I knew of really. So now it's like more trendy and popular. So it's like, I think a little bit more saturated. So it's hard to yep. stand out now. But I think what made us stand out was that it was based on like a real story and that people, consumers can smell when you really care about something or not, or mm-hmm. if it's just to add to the bottom line. So I think that, you know, kind of carried it into having success with Nordstrom and Starbucks and all that. But then I think what was very surprising to me was that once we were in this, like, we were in this, like, really successful stride for a couple of years and our office and our employees, it was growing, 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 growing. And our office kept, you know, getting bigger and we get more and more employees. And I would have friends that would come to the office and they would say, wow, Caitlin, like, can you believe, like, you did this? Like, can you believe this is your office? Mm-hmm. Like, do you feel so proud of yourself? And I honestly had this numbness and I was like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't feel it. Like there was Mm -hmm. like this block where I couldn't feel, I didn't feel proud of myself because I was so numb from hustling so hard, or I was just so Mm -hmm. numb from the emails. I can't, I still can't totally figure it out what the numbness comes from. Yeah. Either hustling too hard, not being present, like taking in the moment, practicing gratitude, practicing mindfulness. I'm sure there's a lot of that in there. And I would try, I would, you know, be intentional about like journaling and writing down what I'm grateful for. But it was like, oftentimes our president, Britt Gilmore, and I would talk about how it felt like there was just a huge fire hose being blasted in our face 24 seven. So our life was just (laughs) us going like, ah, like, you know, like putting our hands in front of our face, like trying to just like swim. And so, Mm -hmm. but sometimes that hose was really good things. And sometimes it was challenging things, but it was just like, I don't know, maybe the hose being blasted in your face for a long time. You just can't feel anything anymore. So anyway, that was like, I think a feeling that an emotion that I felt during it was like a numbness. And now we're in this new season where things are shifting, like retail is shifting. A lot of retail brands are having you know, issues like a lot of brands are going straight to direct because so many people are buying online. So, Mm -hmm. you know, we have like this big sales team that is focusing on all these stores that a lot of stores are closing down. So now we don't need this big sales team, you know, so a lot of things now are shifting. So now I don't really feel numb. Now I just feel in like, okay, we got to get scrappy and Mm -hmm. let's go back to being guerrilla style. We got to be on our toes and figure out how to work with this curve that's happening in the world of brands and retail and kind of get creative again. So it's, it's exciting and and scary and new and yeah. That is okay. First off, I'm so glad that you said the word scrappy because I told my husband the other day, he started his business a year ago and it's so different than when I started because I was scrappy as mm-hmm. F like, yeah. and I said to him, I was like, I wish you just had to be more scrappy like I was because it makes you just, you are the only forces making anything move. And that weight is so heavy, but it's also so inspiring when you're passionate and so he now every day he's like, I'm going to go make dinner and I'll be extra scrappy when I do it. <laughs> like you're such an ass. Awesome. But I mean, I think that one thing that people don't understand is, you know, as your following grows and as your team grows and as your business grows, a lot of times our personal growth is behind in that or or yeah. we didn't expect these things or, or maybe we like them, but we didn't think we would. Or maybe it, it becomes too much for us to handle. Let's kind of dive in because you started the Love Your Flaws campaign. I talk a ton about body image and I think it's because I struggle so deeply with it. What is some of that 
insecurity that started early on for you, how has that shown up in your life as an entrepreneur and a CEO and and just outside of the business? Oh, man, it's completely made me who I am for better or worse. (laughs) I just talked about it publicly only one time on this other podcast. And I won't go into the details of it now because it it's like still pretty raw. And I'm actually starting to write a, a book and then like the very beginning processes of it. So I think I'm going to kind of go more into detail about it then. But it's it's been a huge long battle my whole life is like developmental issues and like female issues. Like I was going to female doctors since I was so young, like every week trying to figure out what's quote unquote wrong with me. And along with not developing like everybody else, I had just a lot of, I was like always trying new medications to try to get me to get my period, which I never got. And, you know, going to like reconstructive surgeons and having like awful surgery situations. Like I had three, I had one surgery when I was 18 and then there was like a issue with it and had another one when I was 18 and then had a third one when I was 19. And then I just kind of like lived with this like imperfection that was like under my clothes that nobody else saw, but it was mm-hmm. such a deep, 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 deep wound where I felt so damaged and disgusting. That was like the word that I always felt was disgusting. Like I couldn't even look at my body because of it. And but because it was under my clothes and nobody like could see it, I could cover it up. Mm. You know, like when I was doing Love Your Flaws, I think maybe some people thought like, oh, like, what does this girl know? Like, she's like mm-hmm. blonde and cute. Like she like, oh, Love Your Flaws. OK. I, and like people would say that kind of stuff to me. And and I would at the time I didn't feel comfortable talking about what my real big flaws were. <laughs> like. Yep because it was like a private part, you know, it's like awkward to talk about, but I think, you know, so I would kind of go the easy route of like, Oh, I had really bad acne. I was on Accutane four times, which I did. Like I was super mm-hmm. insecure about my acne in high school or I would cry all the time about it, but that's not like my big thing, you know, like my big secret thing. So I think because of that and going to therapy my whole life, trying to work it out still, like I've been married now for four years and still crying marriage counseling about this same issue that I, I, I can't seem to overcome. And I feel like it's like, I'm grateful for it because it's made me who I am. But I mean, I don't even know who I would be if I didn't have this issue because I feel like, because it is so much about femininity and my womanhood. And I, I still don't feel like I'm a woman because of this issue. Like I still feel like I'm a little girl because of my issue that I've had. And I think it's, really held me back from like the fullness of being a woman that I so desperately mm-hmm. want to be. Like I, I compare myself to other women, like, you know, not just like models, but like even just strong women that are, you know, CEOs that are just seem so strong and confident. And I feel like I never, because I never got to develop like a normal girl into a woman. Like, I feel like I never Mm -hmm. got that opportunity to feel like I was like growing or normal or like becoming an adult. So I feel like I'm still stuck in being like little girl, which is why I find her to be a boss (laughs) to people. Mm -hmm. I've already told you briefly about the magic of Slack, but that was just skimming the surface of this incredible program. On Team Jenna Kutcher, we use it to share projects, ideas, answer quick questions without waiting on someone to reply to an email. It's a total game changer in small business. Saves you time, improves productivity. It's super easy and convenient. It works everywhere you go. You can even get a mobile app. And simply put, it's efficient, organized, and it ensures that every member of my team is always in the loop. I can't imagine coordinating everything without it. And I'm so thankful to Slack for sponsoring today's episode. Head to slack.com if you are ready to take your business to the next level. That is slack.com. Slack, it's where work happens. No, I feel like those are the things that we go through. And like you said earlier, which I love is paying attention to those narratives in our heads and those limiting beliefs that we continue to repeat day in and day out. Mm -hmm. And And I think that that is one of the hardest things as both a woman and a CEO is we all have that thing. You know, we all have it. 
And it's almost like a contest of who can bury it better. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like who can show up and pretend like they don't have that thing. Yeah. Where are you at in the sense of figuring out like who Caitlin is? Like, I know you said this is a hard season, but what are some of the things that you're discovering about yourself? Because I feel like you're ready to do some of that hard work that maybe you've put off. Mm. Well, Okay. I don't know if this is necessarily something about myself or just um, something about limitations as humans mm -hmm. and how, you know, maybe giving myself grace for being human and giving myself a break for being human and that I can't do it all and I can't find this quote unquote balance that I've been trying to find. I talked to this woman who, so we just bought a house for the first time. And we bought it from this woman and she, her, her and her family, and she actually works on the Ellen show. And so we were just talking mm -hmm. on the phone about something and she has two kids. And, and so she, you know, works and has a kid and I, and has children. I work and have a little baby. And I was, and she was like, how are you doing? And I was like, I'm not good. I just really can't. I'm trying mm -hmm. to find this balance and I can't, I can't. And she's like, I don't think, you know, it's, it's impossible. That balance is impossible. And I've heard a few other people say that, but I didn't really understand what they meant. And I was kind of like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, totally. Like, but what do you mean by that? And she said, um, <laughs> she was like, she's like, I think that, you know, if you're going to do the wife thing and the, the mom thing and the working thing, you got other things. You can't do them. Like you gotta, you know, mm -hmm. you gotta do the friend thing and you can't do the other family people thing. Like, and I'm totally paraphrasing. She didn't say it like that, but she said something like, you know, not really, you know, maybe I'm not, well, I don't want to put words in her mouth because she probably doesn't even know I'm talking about her right now to people, but <laughs> I'll, I'll put it back on, on myself for myself. What I did, I applied that to myself the next day or that week. And I, I was like, okay, instead of thinking like, oh yeah, I'm going to fail at being a mom or I'm going to fail at self-care. I'm going to fail at being, cause I always say like, oh, I only give half of myself at work and half of myself to my baby and mm -hmm. a quarter of myself to my husband and a quarter of myself to me. And then I was constantly feeling like I'm failing all the time, which I was, if I was looking mm -hmm. at it like, you know, on a diagram paper. But when I started thinking like, okay, I'm going to actually choose the things I'm going to fail at and give myself a break. And that's kind of what I'm working mm -hmm. on in the book too, is like, you know, what are the things you're going to choose to fail at? For instance, this one day I was going, I was getting ready to go to the office and, oh yeah, no, this is what it was. I wanted to work out more because I work out zero and I was starting to have health issues. I was like, I need to work out, but I don't have time. So I finally was like, you know what? I'm going to do what she says. I'm going to fail at something else. I'm going to work out, but I'm going to give up other things that I should be doing today. So I took a yoga class in the morning and which was a miracle. And then I went home and I had to go to the office instead of showering and brushing my teeth or even putting deodorant on. I chose to not do those things because my little baby was pulling at my leg and he wanted some quality time. So instead of showering and, or putting deodorant on or brushing my teeth, I just like snuggled with my little boy and we snuggled and hugged and I gave him like eye contact and even just like 15 minutes of quality time before I left to the office. And, and I drove to the office laughing and smiling. I was like, wow, okay. I'm going to, I chose today to fail at self care in the way of like hygiene, but I, but I am <laughs> doing great. And like, I actually did self-care by working out and I did mm -hmm. great, you know, having that time with my little boy, but I didn't beat myself up because I had a change in perspective. Like if I didn't think about mm -hmm. from that perspective, I would have been like, Oh, I'm so gross and disgusting. And I have such bad hygiene. I'm failing at everything, you know? Anyway, I don't know. Oh, I, like, oh, I love that. Thing I'm kind of discovering about myself is like, I'm going to let myself go in some areas. That's no other option. Yes. Oh, we talk about one. I have awful hygiene. So you are in <laughs> well company here. I mean, That's I am hilarious. terrible, but also I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said. And for me, what helps me think of it is seasons. Mm. And there will be seasons when my business just booms, but I am home and I'm a hermit and I'm working every day. And my business is so successful, but maybe my social life isn't. And 
you know, there's just seasons where my marriage is so amazing, but then I'm not working and my business is just status quo. And, and I think that balance is just such this elusive thing. And I think Mm -hmm. that social media does this awesome job of making people look like they have the perfect relationship and house and job and kids and outfits and life. And so I'm curious for you, I know we talk about this so much, but I think social media is just so prevalent and it plays such a role in how we think about ourselves. What has been things that you maybe were taken aback by as your following group, both for the giving keys and, and for yourself? Were there any things that sucked you in that you were kind of surprised by? Mm, sucked me in like doing my own or looking at other people's social media? Both, just social media in general. Well, number one, it usually makes me feel like crap every time I look at it, but I still look at it every day <laughs> like a drug addict <laughs> when I look at other people. <laughs> I mean, I'm not alone there, right? No. Oh, gosh, no. I feel, like, I feel like a lot of people feel that way, which is why a lot of people end up deleting it and then coming back. So I've gone, I had to go on a few like fasts, it's like Instagram fasts for a few reasons. One, because wasting time. My eyes are burning. I feel like I'm doing something bad to my brain by like, like frying it, like looking at the screen all the time. It was stealing from my life to just being present in my life. Like like looking at the plants that are alive in front of my face, instead of looking at someone else's plants mm-hmm. that posted in the picture on the screen. Like, it's like, I'm so, I'm still fried from it. And then, you know, of course, comparing myself to other people in their lives or like, oh, they're speaking at that conference. Why, why wasn't I asked to speak at that conference? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. oh, gross. Like, I don't want to live like that. It's like every picture that you scroll past or something that they have that you don't have, whether it be like, oh, they're Brazilian. I wish I was Brazilian because like, I, you know, I wish I was that tan or like. Oh, look at their nose. They're like, oh, they look like they're really in love. I bet her husband looks like he really loves her more than my husband loves me. Oh, they have so much more followers. Am I blah, 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 blah. I mean, ugh, all the things. So it's really hard. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, I, I haven't found that like sweet spot that makes me feel good about it. So I have like deleted Instagram a few times and then, you know, put it back <laughs> on my phone. <laughs> but it's like, because, you know, we need it. I I do need it to stay in the know, especially with everything we do with giving keys and in the world, like I, you know, get so much of my news from there and just keeping up with friends and family and yeah. And even trends and fashion. I love fashion and I love trends and I love creative, you know, creativity and I love interior design. I'm obsessed with interior design. So I love, I could look at interior design pictures all day long. Those don't make me feel like crap. That makes me feel great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yes. uh, So much. So one thing I'm curious about, and I think that when people start their businesses, maybe deep down, they hope that it goes really big, but you don't really think about how that will change what your life looks like. So what does your life look like now as the CEO of a very growing company? How does it look different from when you first started? When I first started, it was more of the, like I was doing the giving keys on the side of being a recording artists, like touring, sign musician, where like my kind of role, I guess, like if was like singer songwriter, Caitlin, or like if I was, I did like, I think at the beginning of giving keys, I was on this MTV show called the hard times of RJ Berger for a year. And so like, that was the first press the giving keys ever got was MTV.com. And it was like mm-hmm. actress, but doing this like charitable project, you know? And now it's, it's weird because now it's the shift of now I'm like, you know, business person and kind of, I should be reaching out to other like musicians and actors and influencers to like support this brand. When before I felt like I was more a peer of them because I was like, that's what I was doing too. And I was like, trying to help other brands do their thing. And now I don't like that. I sometimes feel like maybe I would be annoying or like too pushy, like coming at influencers to help our cause because I'm on the other side of it now. So that's been kind of challenging Mm -hmm. for me because my dad manages actors and I know how much they get hit up for things and how annoying that is. Like, I don't like that. That would, you know, 
that, that I would be making somebody feel that way to ask them for a favor to post about us or something like that. Well, I love when your team reaches out <laughs> I because I love you because I love you. And I think that, you know, what's so interesting and, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on, I mean, do you feel like you are the face of the giving keys or has that transitioned over time? I mean, I don't really know. I, I mean, I, some people say that and that would make sense, but I think yeah. I don't when our team was like in like the real fast growth state, we were having a lot more photo shoots with like models and stuff like that and people that we would hire. But now because of this changing retail landscape and having to kind of get creative again, I think I, I just actually offered our marketing team. I'm like, I don't like doing photo shoots with myself. I hate it, in fact, because I have like PTSD of getting headshots when I was in kindergarten and my whole life. <laughs> well, like as a three-year-old, actually. I have headshots of like, yeah, when I was a freaking baby. So I don't like to do that, but I feel like it would just, we should do like a scrappy shoot of me, you know, wearing different products mm-hmm. just to post that so I don't have to have such big productions each time with trying to find you know, other people to. Yeah. So I I don't know. I guess, I I guess so. I guess I would be that. It's just weird. I guess for me to say that out of my own mouth, like I would never say it, but if other people say it, I'm like, yeah, cool. Totally. (laughs) It's because you're humble girl. You've had your slice of humble pie. So what right now in this season that you're in, because I think that, you know, as entrepreneurs, we go through these seasons where we're like, I'm killing it. And then we're like, this sucks. And then I want to quit. And then this is the best thing I've ever created. What is firing you up? What is keeping you going right now? What is keeping me going right now? Two things. (laughs) On a superficial note, it is that we're about, we're going to launch apparel and t-shirts again. We haven't launched apparel in, in like a few years. And when we did them, we did t-shirts with different like our different inspiring words, like fearless and love and let go and breathe and stuff like that. And they did really well. And then we kind of diverted and pivoted back to just like, let's just put focus on jewelry. And now we've been working on launching it again. And I'm so obsessed with them that it like creatively just makes me so happy. And I just, because I love fashion so much, I'm so excited to wear these words and we're doing, you're the first to hear about it, but I'm, so no one knows. I feel like maybe I'm allowed to say it. I'm like, it's probably fine. Exclusive. exclusive You're doing it right here. But it's uh, t-shirts (laughs) called that say unity on them in all different languages, in all different colors. Mm. And they're just so cool. And then love in like all red letters in different languages and a bunch of cool stuff like that. So and doing like the cursive embroidery, pay it forward stuff. So I think Mm. that's coming out in June, maybe. I have to look. But anyway, I'm super excited about that. I love that this is kind of like a day and age in the world where there's so many issues to be passionate about because there's so many things, like unfortunate things in the world, whether it be, you know, shootings or, you know, politics, whatever. People are getting really passionate about causes and, you know, you know, women equality, Me Too, Time's Up, like all that. There's just so many messages to put out there that I love that I'm excited that our company is about words and putting messages out there. So there's just the possibilities are endless of where we can go to spread all of those different messages like that we kind of align with and want to support as well. And then on a not superficial note on like the heart of why we exist and the heart of why I feel like I exist as a human is to support issues that I'm passionate about, like the issue of homelessness. And that has been so near and dear to my heart my whole life living in LA, growing up here in LA, my whole life seeing, you know, thousands of people, thousands and thousands of people living on the streets, living in tents and just is so horrible and feels so wrong. The juxtaposition and the the contrast of power and money and privilege being, you know, and then in, in our back, you know, in people's backyards is this like catastrophe and looks like a third world country. And so I'm the thing that keeps me going. What I'm excited about is to create new products to be able to support and 
and that hopefully we would get more and more sales. So we would be able to hire more people to create more jobs for people that are trying to transition out of homelessness, because I believe that that's the only real sustainable way. Like I of course support, you know, there needs to be changes as far as policy and people, you know, lower priced housing so people can afford to live in homes. So there has to be change there. And I'm of course all for people buying people that are living on the streets, you know, food and blankets and that needs to happen. But, and that's beautiful. But I think like to make real sustainable change is like teaching the giving opportunities to have a full on life change where people can get paychecks and giving these beautiful humans second, third, fourth, fifth, six chances where other brands or places of business wouldn't really hire them because of their past or records. Mm-hmm. I am still so passionate about that. And hopefully that we can inspire other brands and other businesses to do the same. And, you know, I would love other businesses and brands to come to us and we can teach them how we did it to help them build a sustainable model to employ more, you know, people that are trying to transition out of homelessness in their communities. That is amazing. My last question for you is this, because after hearing that, I have to know what makes you so passionate about second chances? Ooh, that is a good question, Jenna. <laughs> I never thought of like the core of like if that stems from something in my childhood or my mom or my dad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because my parents got separated from each other like three different times or four. I don't know if there's mm-hmm. three or four different times. And so they would be separated, but then they would always give each other another chance and get back together. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted them to. So I was the only yeah. child between them. And uh, so I was like, come on, there's still love there. There's still so much good there. Try, please. And it was like, I was constantly wanting, like begging them to get back together. Once they were apart from second grade all the way to 11th grade. And I begged them to get back oh together. Gosh. They got back together when I was in 11th grade. So, I mean, maybe some of that, but then I think also meeting people that have, you know, that are living on the streets and just seeing that there's so much gold and potential in there that it just so sad to me that it could be like overlooked or like you blew it when you were, you know, 16 because of the community that you were raised in and that you're like, dad, your mom taught you to steal, you know, or like you grew up in a gang or you had to be to survive. Like it just doesn't feel fair that, Mm-hmm. So many people get held back because of something that was out of their control and they should be able to have the same opportunities. Like if they have in fact changed and they should be able to have the same opportunities. So I think there's like that justice factor in me too, like a mm-hmm. fairness thing. Ugh, yeah. That's why I love you. Girl, thank you for showing up. You know, what's so fun is, you know, I was talking to Caitlin before we came on, but So often when you are a person of, quote, influence, you get asked the same questions over and over and over again. And I think it's a beautiful thing because you become known for something and that's what you become, quote, an expert in. But I think what is so powerful, Caitlin, is just your willingness to show up this way and and also just the ability to... To say, yes, I am successful, but that I, I don't have it figured out. I think that when you become an expert or you become an influencer, suddenly people think that you, you have the answers. I think if, if there's any, anything to be said about you and I is that neither of us feel like an expert and neither of us have all the answers. Am I right? Oh, yep, 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 yep. <laughs> Oh, so thank you for for just coming on and being brave like your little boy. And can you tell everyone where they can connect with you, where they can purchase the giving keys, how they can support and show up for you just like you showed up for them today? Yeah. So you can find the giving keys. The website is thegivingkeys.com. Yeah. And there's a ton of new cool products that I'm super excited about that hopefully you guys will enjoy and you can custom make any word you want to, which is super fun. And then Instagram at the giving keys and Facebook, the giving keys. And then me, Caitlin Crosby, just at all the things like at Caitlin Crosby, C-A-I-T-L-I-N, C-R-O-S-B-Y. Yeah. And and say, hi, I love meeting new people. And just to like close kind of what you said, I love what you said about like not having answers. And I think the answer 
is like that, that we all are human and we all have imperfections. And I think why people can, why people maybe like to are curious about our lives is that we're open and vulnerable about our struggles mm-hmm. and our imperfections. And it just makes people feel like not alone. Like they can just relate mm-hmm. to us. And maybe that's the answer. Just that we all want to feel not alone. We all want to feel like not judged. We all want to feel like not like the weirdo that can't get it all together. It's like, we all can't get it together. Like let's all relate. Mm-hmm. We're all humans. We're imperfect. Like let's like change our perspective and know that that's okay. And it's beautiful. And maybe that's like the answer. Oh, I love it. Thank you for being you. I am so lucky and honored to know you. And I cannot wait to watch what you learn in this season and, and how you navigate it. Cause I think we're all in weird seasons if we're being honest yeah. and, and just thank you for, for being you. Thank you so much, Jenna. Ditto. You're so friggin' awesome. Wow. What an episode. I mean, there's something so, so inspiring about just showing up. And what I love about Caitlin from the moment I met her years ago eating tacos in LA is that she never hides who she really is or where she's really at. And I think what is so interesting and I, what we all get caught up in is the fact that we see people's lives playing out online and we start to craft narratives in our heads. When I first got on the call with her, I was like, Caitlin, you are killing it. You are literally everywhere. I see you on TV. I see you on TV shows. I see your feed. I see all these things. But I wasn't really seeing Caitlin. And so I'm so thankful for having a friendship an internet friendship, really, that can allow us to really talk about the real stuff. I mean, the things she was saying, I was closing my eyes and nodding my head to because I think that at some point, we've all felt that way. And I think that we're all striving for more, more fame, more money, more followers. But there's so much that happens within us when those things happen and and we might not be prepared for it. And so I'm just so grateful for today's conversation. And I, I truly hope that it touches your lives. If Caitlin showing up made an impact, would you head on over to the Giving Keys and say hello, introduce yourself and tell her thank you. I know I do this, but I want for you to understand that these guests, they are giving up time so that they can inspire you and inspire me. And it means the absolute world to us to know that it matters. Let's remind Caitlin that her story matters and let's rally around our sister. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Gold Digger Podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.